Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Lord, we worship You. We give You all the glory. We give You all the praise, Lord, for You are seated on high. There is nobody above You, nobody besides You, Jesus. We come at the last Sunday of the year, Jesus, just to honour You, to praise You, to worship You. Lord, we love You. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your mercy. We thank You for Your goodness, Lord God, in our lives. Jesus, we thank You that no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, that You are on the throne. That You are on the throne. And that You're mighty to save. And we give You all of our lives afresh this morning. Jesus, we worship You. We give You all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' Name. Everyone said, Amen and Amen. Why don't you grab a seat this morning? Thank you, band. Amazing. Can we give a hand to the band? Here on New Year's Eve, here we are. We are the favoured few here who made it to church on New Year's Eve. There's a special place in heaven for all of us here today, for we are the real Christians. One thing's for sure, there is a rapture. None of us would be here because we would be in heaven with Jesus. The rest of the people who didn't come, you know, as the Scripture says, confess with your mouth, come on New Year's Eve and uh, you shall be saved. <laughs> so no, it's good to see you guys here on New Year's Eve. Who feels like the years are getting faster and faster? I can't believe 2023 is over, about to go into 2024. Um, and so, you know, just for a brief moment, so I just want to share a passage of Scripture that's been on my heart as we enter the new year. Uh, really, um, we make all these plans around the new year, right? New year, new me. Has anyone ever said those words before? I've said those words um, more than, ha- than what has actually been true. Um, so I've said new year, new me pretty much every year of my life. And whether or not I follow through with them is another story. But we often think that new year, new me, I'm gonna actually do something. I want my life to change. Can you imagine if you actually just kept every New Year's resolution you ever made? Can you imagine that? Imagine how healthy you would be. Imagine how fit you would be. Imagine how smart you would be because you read all those books or you read the books instead of watching TV. That was your commitment. Imagine how kind you would be, how much people you would have forgiven faster in your life. I'm gonna be fast to forgive this year. I'm gonna go, can you imagine if it was just like that? And so I started to think like that and I felt like God put a Scripture on my heart and I was like, okay, God, if I was just to do one thing next year, one thing, What would it be? And I felt like God led me to the Scripture. It's a pretty well-known Scripture. It's a Scripture. uh, It's two verses that actually get quoted a lot um, in Christianity in our faith. But I would love to unpack them a little bit this morning because if nothing else, if we could just grasp this one thing, um, I think it would actually change more than just our life, but it would change the lives of the people uh, around us. So in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Like I said, it's a fairly well-known Scripture, um, but I felt like God put it on my heart. So it says this, it'll be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Lord, I just pray that as we come around your word, Lord God, that it wouldn't just be me speaking. Lord, that everything of me would fall to the ground, but anything of you would pierce the hearts of everyone listening. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Therefore, I urge you. He's urging us. And I wanna do the same thing this morning at the cusp of a new year, at the end of 2023, as we enter into a new year. I wanna urge you to offer your life to God, a living sacrifice, the Scripture says this, we can leave the Scripture up on the screen and we'll just go through it a little bit. The Scripture says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, that means He's talking to Christians. He's not talking to the unsaved. He's calling them brothers and sisters. That's the language of the church. That's the language of, of Christians. That means this applies to you and applies to me. He's not telling non-Christians to give their life to God in this passage of Scripture. He's telling Christians to offer themselves 100% holy and pleasing to God. So he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So let's just stop right there because we have to read the rest of the Scripture in view of His mercy. I want you to remember the first time you came to know Jesus. Your first encounter, when God encountered you the first time. The first time you gave your life over to Jesus, whatever it was. For me, when I was 16 years of age, sitting at the back of a camp room, a pretty hurt, broken, messed up kid. And in one moment, when I lifted my hand up, it felt like He came down. He said, I'm proud of you, my son. Wrapped His arms around me. My life was never the same. In view of His mercy, what is His mercy? God didn't have to do anything. It was mankind that rejected and rebelled against Him. He could have left us to our own devices, but He did not. He wrapped Himself up in flesh and blood. That's what we've celebrated just now at Christmas time. He wrapped Himself up. God in flesh came to die for the sins of man. That's what we've just celebrated over Christmas time. Because of His mercy and because of His grace, we still have breath in our bodies today because of what He's done. Come on, is somebody thankful that Jesus has set them free? Even just sometimes I like to go down this. Imagine what your life would be like without Christ. Imagine what your eternity would be like without Christ. I've got a brother and it's not being filmed, so it's good, but I've got a brother who's away from God. His life is, uh, is really a mess. And I love him to pieces, but his life is a mess. And every time I see him, I'm like, man, that was the same life that I was walking towards until God reached down and saved me in view of his mercy and his grace. And all Christ has done for us. He says this, in view of that mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. The word worship here, there's actually six Greek words that's translated into worship in our New Testament. Uh, the most common one is this idea to uh, bow down or to uh, kiss towards. It's the idea of, a, a, I know it's, this is gonna get weird, 
but it's the idea of a dog licking his master's hands, like a reverent kind of bowing, laying, kissing towards this adorning, this attitude of worship. It's actually a physical posture of worship. That's the most common Greek word that's translated into worship, but that's not the word that they translate into worship here. The word that they translate into worship here is service. Which all, all the six words show an, uh, uh, an element of how we should worship God, right? We should adorn Him. We should bow before Him. We should lay before Him. We should, uh, 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 you know, throw our words up of praise and worship um, before Him. But this word in worship in the Greek means service, reasonable service. And some translations actually translate it to reasonable service. So it reads like this then, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper reasonable service. Brothers and sisters, in 2024, what is reasonable in light of God's mercy is that you and I offer our lives wholly, 100%, to Christ, for, what, for His service, for whatever He wants to do, to literally lay down our lives. The idea of sacrifice, a living sacrifice, is to die to self. The Bible is full of that, that uh, uh, imagery of dying to yourself. And so in 2024, when I asked God, well, what is this one thing? I felt the Holy Spirit say, it's this, die to yourself. Die to yourself, die to your desires, die to your wants. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. For it is not, oh, look at me, God, I've, I've offered myself. For it is our, big boy, for it is our reasonable service. It's our reasonable service. In view of what God has done, what else can we do? What other gift can we give God that is worth what He gave us? What can compare? What can can we do to show God that He is worth all the glory, all the praise and all the honour in our lives simply to bend our knee and say, God, my life is Yours. The total surrender of your life to Christ. That's what this is talking about. That is what he's urging Christians to do. The total surrender of your life. And it's not supposed to be a special thing. It's supposed to be our reasonable service to God in light of his mercy and his goodness and his grace. The crazy thing is, all through the, Old, the, the New Testament, uh, the surrender of your life and the dying to yourself, that is actually where life begins according to God. Those who try and hold their life will lose it. Those who lose it for my, for my sake will find it. Paul says that he has found the, the key to being content in every circumstance, in every situation. You know what he says it is? He says, whether I have lack or whether I have plenty, in all things, I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? So he's saying the goal, the idea, I found the secret. What's the secret? The secret is to offer my life to God whether I'm in lack or whether I'm in plenty or no matter the circumstance or no matter the situation, the secret to being content in life and to living a life and to having life and life in its abundance is actually the opposite to what you and I would think is actually to surrender our lives wholly 100% to God 
for that is our reasonable service. For a life that is surrendered from God, that's actually where contentment comes from. That's when we can say, actually, you know what? I'm okay. For my life is surrendered to God. My life is surrendered to God. Then the scripture goes on. It's your true and proper reasonable service, which is worship to God. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. You know what? When I was growing up in church, um, it was really like, the stuff that was being preached was really like behaviour modification. And so now you're a Christian, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and don't do this. And so we would preach, uh, you gotta be different. Don't conform to the pattern of the world, so be different. Long before my time, I was like, you don't go to a movie theatre where sinners go because you gotta be different because you can't conform, you gotta be different. So don't go to the movie where sinners go. And then at church on Sunday, there was community in there. We'd spray and wipe all the seats to make sure that no sinners went. Or instead of wearing short shorts or short, short shorts, you just wear short shorts because you were a Christian. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there's all this stuff that we would do. So it's like, you gotta be different. But can I put to you that different is not necessarily so much an outward expression as it is an inward transformation. Do you know what he's saying? Don't conform to the pattern of this world. What does that look like? It looks like a life that is totally surrendered to God. It doesn't look like not going to move. They might, that might be a product of an inner transformed life that you're like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this. I don't want to speak like this. I want to forgive fast. I want to do that. But being different in this day and age is a life that is totally surrendered to God. A hundred percent. I am surrendered to God. And so that means this, if we're totally surrendered to God, it's actually not about our feelings when we serve God. Our reasonable service to God is not about our feelings. In this day and age, it's all about feelings. You'll feel this way. And I understand that. Feelings are a great indicator of things and different things, but they're a terrible leader of your life. And so when it comes to our service from God, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna... You know, I'm gonna tell this person about Jesus. Oh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pray for this person. Well, I don't feel like doing that. Well, tell your feelings to catch up because it's your reasonable service to God to be totally surrendered to Him. To be totally surrendered to Him. So don't conform to the pattern of this world, which is actually to have a life that is totally surrendered 100% to Him, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you have inner transformation in your heart? It actually comes from the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind in its simplest form is this, changing your thoughts for God's thoughts. In its simplest form, that's what renewing your mind means. To actually no longer think of self and think like yourself, but actually to now to start to think of God and to think like God. That's the renewing of your mind. And there is a pretty clear pattern in how we renew our mind. And it's pretty simple. But just like all the New Year's resolutions that we make, sometimes it's harder to keep. But the renewing of our mind, if you want a transformed life, then the renewing of your mind, the pattern is this. Number one, read your Bible. That's the start. For you cannot get God's thoughts unless you read God's thoughts. And so number one, read your Bible. Number two, gain revelation from the Scriptures. Don't just read through it, but actually to read it. The Bible says to meditate on it, to study it, 
to understand it. You would do more for you to read one chapter this year and fully understand that one chapter than just to breeze through different books and kind of like, I don't really know what that means or what it, ask questions, to dive deeper, to talk to people, to actually gather in community and to talk about it, to bring out revelation, to actually understand it and bring out revelation. And then when you've read the Bible and you've received the revelation, to actually put it into action. And that, my friends, is the hardest part, to put it into action. For James says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word. Don't just be hearers, but be doers. And so we read the Bible, we gain some revelation from it. Okay, I understand what God's asking me to do. He's asking me to lay down my life 100% to God and then actually doing it. When was the last time you actually put into practice a sermon that you heard? And I'm not just saying like, oh yeah, that was a nice sermon and I took notes and I thought about it in the week. But if there was a challenge put out and you took notes or whatever it was, when was the last time you actually went, you know what, I'm actually gonna do that. Because I think that we've become pretty, uh, probably pretty consumerist in our Christianity where it's like we've come, we sip, someone brings a word, oh, that was great, or maybe that wasn't so good. And then it's like, that was awesome, now I'm pumped up. Then I go out in the week, then I don't wanna apply, I don't even think about it again, or I don't read my Bible again, or I don't think about it ever again, or, or, or anything like that. And it's like, oh, but it's like, he's saying, I urge you brothers and sisters. He wasn't just saying, just think about it. He was saying, do it, lay your life down. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so renewing your mind is actually quite simple, but it's harder to put it into practice. Read your Bible, gain revelation, and then actually put it into practice. Begin to walk out the things you're learning and the revelation that God is giving you. And then it says this, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, perfect will. Do you know as a pastor, I've been a pastor 10 years. Do you know the number one question people ask? I don't know what God wants me to do. What's God's will for my life? And people are always constantly trying to work out and trying to find out what is God asking me to do? What would God have me do? What would He do? What is the will of God for my circumstance, for my situation? It is probably the number one question we ask as Christians. What is God's will? It's a great question to ask. But the Bible says right here, if you live a life that is surrendered to God, 100%, and you don't see it as like I'm doing God a favour, but you see it as this is just my reasonable service in light of the view of the mercy of all that He's done for me is to give my life a holy, 100% pleasing to God. That is my reasonable service to God. And you live a transformed life where your mind is being renewed daily by the Word where when you hear things, you test them against the Word. For when you're reading and having revelation and actually walking out what you're living, the Bible is saying that you won't have to go searching for the will of God, for you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is. For often when you're in that place of surrender, right, and you're reading His Word and you're putting it into action, is that not the will of God? If you would just walk in the general will of God that's found in His Word in 2024, can I tell you something? You would walk into your specific calling. It's not like rocket science, Christians, brothers and sisters. 
if we would just read this and let it do its work inside of us, apply it and begin to walk in the general will of God, then we will begin to live out the call of God that is on our life. Sometimes we're so searching for that big thing. What's the call of God on my life? What's the will of God for my life? What's this? If we would just take one step today, if you would just get one revelation today, because the, when you walk in the general will of God that is found in here, to love Him with your whole heart, to love others as you love yourself. When you start to, to be generous on all occasions, to be blessed, to be a blessing. When we start walking in the general will of God, then we begin to walk into our calling. And so at the, at the start of 2024, when God put this Scripture on my heart, for me, it's pretty simple. What's my spiritual formation goal for this year? Is to come to God again, offer my life 100% holy and pleasing to Him. To lay down it, not as a favour to God, but as my reasonable service to Him. To let my transformed life be what is different to the world. You know, Christians have always talked about, you know, and then they'll see something different in you and then they'll just magically come to know Jesus. People say that all the time. It's not necessarily true. I mean, people have been serving God for a very long time and been doing a good, pretty good job at it. And it's like, well, people don't just look at me and just say, oh, well, I might just bow down and give my life to Jesus right now. That may happen, right? But when your life is surrendered to God, and you begin to walk in His will, it means that people will see a surrendered life, right? That is surrendered. And then you will actually, because it's in the Bible, you will begin to talk to people about Jesus, about the reason your life is surrendered. And it's in that place when we actually begin to preach the Gospel, blessed are those who carry the Gospel, begin to preach the Gospel, who begin to talk to people about the Gospel, who begin to pray to people about the Gospel, then we'll begin to transform and see God transform other people's lives. But it starts with a surrendered heart in yours to not conform to the patterns of the world, but be different because why are you different? Because your life is totally surrendered to God. To continue to renew your mind daily, read the Bible, get the revelation, then the hardest part, put it into practice and then continue to walk in the will of God. Because when you're in that place, you'll be able to say, I don't think that's God. I'm gonna keep walking this way. Why? Because you know, because it's here in His Word. The keys can come back up. I'm almost done. And so the, that's 2024. That's the goal for me. The goal for me is just to live my life again, to come to God again and surrender my life 100% to Him. Not my way, but His way. Tells me to go left, I'll go left. Tells me to go right, I'll go right to lay down our will, to actually lose my life afresh again, to say, God, my life is in your hands again, to continue to renew my mind, to let my transformed life be what is different to the, to the rest of the world and to continue to walk in the will of God. That's my only goal. And the crazy thing is, if all of us, brothers and sisters, if we all did that, if we all had that as our goal, I uh, truly, truly, truly believe that not only would your life be transformed, but the people's lives around you would be transformed as well. For I urge you, brothers and sisters, in light of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then 
you'll be able to attest and approve what God's will is. His good, perfect will. And so if you're anything like me, you'll be like, yep, let's do it. I'm going the whole hog right now. I'm cutting everything. Like if I, I'm like, oh, I wanna get healthy, then I just cut everything out and just try and get healthy like straight away, like tomorrow. I'm getting healthy tomorrow. And so, but I actually learned a principle. I've learned a principle throughout life along the way. I call it the 1% principle. That a 1% change now makes a huge difference at the end of the year. 1% change now makes a huge difference at the end of the year. And you know what? I actually think it's biblical because there is a principle that we take when we read the Old Testament. It's called historical arc. Historical arc is, is essentially this principle that over time, our revelation of God grew until our final revelation, which is Christ on the cross. How do we know who Christ is? How do we know who God is? We, he, him in His fullness, the visible image of the invisible God is seen in His fullest on the, in Jesus on the cross. That's who God is. And so over time, when we read the New Testament, their revelation of God was growing as they were discovering and prophesying about God and the Messiah and who He was until the final revelation of Jesus, right? But then we believe that the Bible is inspired by God, the Old and the New Testament. So we believe that it's God breathed, right? We believe that God breathed on it, which means He approved it. He approved of the words. But then you read some things in the Old Testament and you go, I don't know if that's, I don't know if God is for that. What, how can we even say that? Because we've seen Jesus on the cross. He's our final revelation of who God is. The Old Testament is not static. It's a moving revelation of the final revelation of God on the cross. And so that begs the question then, then why would God breathe on some of the things that are written in the Old Testament? Because at the time, they were a huge step in the right direction. Were they perfect? No, because we see perfect as Jesus on the cross. But was it a huge step in the right direction? Yes, so would God breathe on it at the time? Of course He would, which says this, that it's about steps in the right direction, not perfection that God breathes on. And so you might be sitting there and you might be able to say, you know what, I'm fully in. I am surrendering my life to Jesus today and I'm gonna live the rest of my life 100% wholly surrendered. Or you, and that's great and it's amazing and come and do it. I urge you to do it. You might be sitting here, you might be thinking, man, that's really challenged me, but I've got, you, you, you're going through all these things, you're thinking, can I just urge you to do this? Take a step towards that today. Take a step towards surrender today. Take a step towards renewing your mind today. Do something, do something, but don't let another year go by. You know how good God is, a view of His mercy, how great He is. If He is who He says He is, then the plans and the purpose He has for your life are incredible to, to, to bless you and not to harm you. The peace that He wants to give you, the joy He wants to give you. He's not promising to make your life perfect, but He does promise that you'll never walk life alone ever again because you'll have Him and His Holy Spirit by your side all the time. And so I, I'm urging you, would you take a step? If He is who He says He is, then don't live another year. 
If He is who He says He is, and He's asking you in His Word to surrender your life, if all through His Word He says to die to self, to pick up your cross, to surrender your life to Him, for that's where fulfilment is, for that's where life is found, then don't go another year not doing it. If you really believe He is who He says He is, then it should be our reasonable service to bend the knee of our life and to say, Jesus, I give You everything. I give You everything. And so can I challenge you, church, whether you're ready to just bend the knee right now and just say, 100%, I'm in. This is, I'm surrendering my life. Or whether you're gonna take a step, can I urge you to just not stay where you are? Don't stay where you are, but take a step. Take a step towards Him. Take a step towards surrender. Let 2024, this time next year, this be one of the best decisions you ever made to take a step towards surrender. For He is so good, church. And the plans and the purpose He has are good. And He's faithful. And he's, he, he fills you with peace. And He fills you with joy. Take a step towards Him today. Take a step towards Him today. Come on, can we pray? Lord, I just thank You so much for who You are. Lord, in light of Your mercy, would You give us the boldness to surrender our lives? In light of Your mercy, Jesus, we praise You. We give You all the glory and all the honour. In light of Your mercy, Jesus, we worship You. Father, I pray, Lord, for people right now, Lord, as You're moving in their lives, Lord, I pray that You'd give them the strength, the boldness, to surrender their life afresh. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would speak to us through Your Word. Lord, my prayer is that this coming year, that You would speak to more individuals in this church through Your Word than ever before. Lord, would we gain revelation and would we have the strength and the boldness to put it into practice. Jesus, we love You. We worship You. We give You all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Happy New Year, church. We'll see you in the new year. I'm gonna give it back to Jess. She's got a few announcements and we'll see you next year. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.